Welcome to Startup Cornell, a podcast exploring the bold entrepreneurial ideas coming from our students, faculty, staff, and alumni. I'm Kathy Havis, your host, and today we're talking with Tim Hare, co-founder and president of Brutus Broth, a family-run business created from a passion and commitment to enhance canine diets. We'll tell you about Kim's journey co-founding Brutus Broth with her sister after starting her career in the hospitality industry, and we'll also talk about how they've navigated the complicated pet food and supplement marketplace. To find out more about entrepreneurship at Cornell and see the show notes from this episode, visit eship.cornell.edu. And remember to rate and review our podcast by scrolling to the bottom of this episode. We want to help even more entrepreneurs to find the podcast and be inspired to follow their dreams. So welcome, Kim. Thank you for having me, Kathy. Yeah, we're so glad you could be here. So normally you're coming to us from Hawaii, is that right? Yes, that's where I'm based. That's great. Give us maybe the 30-second elevator pitch about your company and how it started. Well, it started with my sister's rescue dog, Brutus. She rescued him from a high-kill shelter. And when she adopted him, he was very sick. He was abused. And she nursed him back to health. And she did that by adding bone broth into his food. So she just added it to his regular meal. And throughout his life, he was extremely active and people would always ask her, what do you feed him? He looks amazing. He's really active. And Brutus was a 135 pound dog and he lived until he was almost 14. So those size dogs usually live until they're about eight or nine. And the fact that he was living into his teens was really what made people notice. And so people, including her vet would say, what is the secret? What are you feeding him? And when she would tell them about the bone broth, they would say, where do you buy it? And she's like, you know, I looked everywhere and couldn't really find anything on the market. She's like, I did find one place. It was a very expensive high-end boutique. They had it in the back freezer. It, you know, it didn't look very appealing. So she's like, I really just make it. And it takes two days to make. So my brother is actually in the food industry and asked the same question. And he's like, if everyone's asking you, you can't find it anywhere. Why don't you bring it to market? So she called me because I had more of a business background and asked if I wanted to explore this idea with her. And I said, well, I know nothing about pet food, but I do know about business. So let me do some research and get back to you. And at that time, I found that the pet food industry was highly fragmented. You had really cool mom and pops that had artisanal products, but they had no scalability, or you had Purina, and there was nothing in between. So our idea was to really have a high-quality artisanal product with scalability that was affordable and accessible to everybody. That's great. And you have been working in the hospitality industry, went to the hotel school here. Was it scary for you to think of like switching gears and just moving on to this like completely entrepreneurial venture? Or had you had some experience with doing entrepreneurial things before? I did work in some entrepreneurial capacity, but under a larger corporate umbrella. I worked for leading hotels of the world. I was head of strategy at my last corporate job and oversaw a lot of their business launches. So I knew the basics of business. I also knew that whatever you write in your business plan never comes true. So it's really important to beta test everything. And so that's what we did. We beta tested and we also outsourced everything to mitigate our risk. So we found a partner that manufactured our bone broth. It's actually manufactured by a company that 
half of their business is restaurants, the other half is hunger relief. So they make the nutrient rich broths for starving people in third world countries, which is kind of our competitive advantage. We infuse supplements into the broth. We also contracted out a co-packer to package. So everything that we did from the beginning was done to mitigate risk because we weren't sure if this was gonna, this idea was gonna fly. And we didn't, we couldn't really afford to invest in all of those factories and facilities and things like that. And we also didn't want to make it out of our kitchen because we wanted to be scalable from day one. So we were very thoughtful about how we set up the company, but we also were very thoughtful about the beta testing. And we actually, Wegmans Food Market was our beta test partner. So they, and they're a great partner. Right. That, right. And I'd see her in all kinds of places. At what point did you know, like, wow, this is really going to work? Like, we talked a little bit about before we started recording about you recently made the list of Inca Magazine's fastest growing companies, which is amazing. But I wonder, you know, as you said, there were a lot of ups and downs along the way. At what point did you think, you know, I don't know if it's going to make it? And what point did you think, you know, we've really got something here? Well, I think it's a process. So we had Wegmans Food Markets and Big Y Supermarkets were our two beta test partners, different demographics. We specifically targeted the grocery segment because the grocery segment was innovating and growing their pet aisle and pet trends follow human trends. So when you might only have been able to find a snack in a gourmet food shop, now you can find it at Wegmans or at any supermarket. It's the same thing with pet food. So we knew that they were innovating the pet aisle so that we could come in and be like, okay, we have this really cool product. We weren't asking customers to replace one item for another. This was an add-on. You just add it to whatever you're feeding your dog to increase nutrition and flavor, you know, all of those things. And so when we launched with Wegmans and Big Y, we tracked the data very carefully to see what the buying patterns are, where did it perform best on shelf. We spent a lot of time talking back and forth with the buyers. We found that the fact that it is an incremental buy was very attractive to them because you aren't replacing one thing for another. So that was a big selling point. So we kind of figured out what the hot buttons were th- for both on the retail buying side, but also on the consumer side, what resonated with the consumer. And so that part of it was trial and error to a certain extent for about a year. I mean, we did that for about a year. And then when we gathered our data points and did our homework, we launched our national sales efforts. So I think that's a big thing is make sure that you do the research, make sure that you collect your data so that, you know, you can go in and show people actual numbers as to how you perform or why you perform. And so when you think of like the target customer, it feels like people are spending a fortune on animals. Are there Certain, like, are big dog owners more likely to be interested in your product? Is it good for any dog, older dogs? You know, are there there certain people that you're really targeting for the product? We say that anybody with a dog is our customer. And we hope to eventually roll this out to other companion animals and even to livestock because we view Brutus Broth as a tasty, convenient way to deliver nutrients to any animal which is really hard to do because a lot of supplements are very bitter. So that's really like the key is to be able to make it palatable for an animal that they want to eat it. So a lot of our customers say our dog won't eat without it. It's like puppy crack. But we do find that a lot of people with larger dogs or senior dogs 
seek out the product because of the glucosamine and chondroitin. But we like to market it to people who get a new puppy because it's the same as like, why join a gym? You want to join a gym to stay healthy. You don't want to join the gym after you have the heart attack. So it's a great thing just from a preventative maintenance standpoint too. You mentioned you're thinking about going into different animals and different, you know, even equine or, you know, livestock kind of things. Are those the kind of avenues that you're seeking in terms of expansion or are there different flavors or different combinations of things that you're working on that you're coming up with? We're always trying to innovate. We follow a lot of the trends. It's not inexpensive to launch into different areas. So we feel that we still have a lot of work to do just within dogs domestically. We've had a lot of international interest, but again, exporting regulatory compliance around all of that is a lot. Pet food is actually regulated state by state and every state have, they have different rules. And because we're human grade and made in a human grade facility, we go through USDA, we go through FDA, and then we go through AFCO, which is the state-by-state pet food regulation. So there's a lot of work to be done whenever you launch a new product or get into a new sector. So right now we are just focusing on dogs. We have some new different variations of the bone broth that has been launched. We're launching a puppy popsicle, which is like an otter pop. It's, you know, it's on the shelf, but then when you get home, you put it in the freezer so it doesn't have to be shipped frozen, which is a whole nother nightmare. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Wow. That's interesting. I didn't even realize that each state had their own regulations for things like that. So that's a huge amount of um, paperwork and logistics to to go through. And cost. And cost. (laughs) Right, right. That's the biggest thing. So how do you and your sister split up the jobs in the company? What's your role? Who does what kinds of things better? So we both kind of tag team on sales. It's really important as founders to tell your story. Uh, we have a lot of really interesting facets to our, our company because our mission is to nourish your pet while giving back to the community. So we work with over 150 animal shelters nationwide. So the charity side tends to fall into my area, as does marketing finance, legal, trademark. And then my sister really oversees regulatory compliance and manufacturing. Okay. So she didn't have a background in business or? She did, but not as extensively as I did. And she also had some experience in manufacturing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, not a ton. She launched a dairy company that actually failed. So she learned a lot through that about what to do, what not to do, what kind of partner to look for, those things. Because you can't do it all yourself. And as I mentioned earlier, we outsourced a lot of things. So finding the right partners were so important for us. And your dad is also involved in the business too, in some way, right? Yeah, my dad actually just passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was an entrepreneur his whole life. And he retired because he got sick and then but you know mentally he didn't want to retire so we're like okay we're going to start this business and you can be the chairman so he loved being able to be involved on the board level he brought our national charity partnership to us which is project canine hero they rehome and support military working dogs and police canines my dad was a vietnam vet so that was the connection there so we do a lot with with the military and those dogs actually the working dogs use our product as like a Gatorade because it's very hydrating. It has amino acids and all the great things that dogs need when they're working out in the field. But a lot of those dogs also have joint issues. They're exposed to a lot of toxins. Bone broth naturally detoxifies the system. And 
as dogs age, if you have a dog, a lot of dogs get these fatty tumors as they age. Brutus broth prevents that from happening because it naturally detoxifies all the toxins. Because dogs are exposed to toxins in their everyday life, whether it's walking through grass that has fertilizer or pesticide on it, or lying on a carpet that's been treated with fire retardant chemicals, or even like the flea and tick meds, all of that stuff builds up in their system. So this is a great way to just detox and prevent that those fatty tumors from coming later on in life. When you think about the company being successful, I'm sure you hear from people all the time who tell you stories about their pets or their, you know, how the product has helped. Can you think of some that have been really impactful for you in terms of making you think, oh, you know, we are really doing a really important thing and this is making a big difference? Yeah. I mean, we hear every day from people whose dogs were sick and wouldn't eat anymore. And this encouraged them to eat and rehab. We work with a lot of vets. We're actually working on a veterinarian IV nutraceutical right now because a lot of dogs that are sick can't eat solid food. So this is a great way to get nutrients into them. We have senior dogs who are kind of, um, they're, they're giving up their senior dog is like on the end of the road. And then they just give them this and they're like, it's been six months and they're running up and down the stairs now. So we get a lot of that. We have a, we had a dog with project canine hero that was shot in the eye and the bullet went through and shattered his jaw. So obviously he couldn't eat. So we rehabbed him with the Brutus broth. So we hear every single day we work with all the shelters. That's why we do this. It's because at the end, we love animals, we help animals. So so let's talk a little bit about your experience at Cornell. So you were a hotelie. Are there any skills or things that you learned here or that you learned when you were working in the hospitality industry that you have found really helpful in the business that you have now? Yeah, I mean, the hotel school is a business school at the end of the day, and that provides a great foundation. I did take one class in the ag school that was like an elective that I never thought I'd use. And now I think about it all the time. And it was a food merchandising class and about customer psychology and how to price things, where things are on the shelf like that. I never thought I would use and I use. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of skills, but there's also something to be said about actually going out and working in the real world. And you always learn more when you fail than when you succeed. And I think it's probably a combination of things. Right, right, right. So that elective class in the ex school you just took because you thought it was fun. Like you never thought, oh, maybe I'll yeah, have a company it someday. Yeah, yeah it fit into my schedule and it was food. So, you know. Because I'm sure that marketing your product is a huge chunk of marketing and sales, obviously, a huge chunk of how what you think about every day, like how to get the word out about what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you, I cannot walk into a grocery store the same way anymore. It's kind of annoying because I'll be like, how did those people get that shelf space? Or why are they priced like that? And I think part of our success, both on the sales and the marketing side, it's like ignorance is bliss to some extent, because we've looked at our product because we had no pet experience, mostly from a consumer standpoint. So a lot of the things that we do are very different than what the typical pet food company would do. And we've had many buyers, including like the target buyer, a lot of them, just like you guys blow it out of the water with the marketing because you're creative and you just do things so differently, but it gets people in the store to buy your stuff. And do you have a marketing team working with you or do you guys just come up with your own like marketing plans for things? We actually just brought a CMO on in April. She was working with us as a consultant for the year prior, but I'm very, very involved in everything that we do. 
her background is mostly sports marketing. So we're doing a lot with different athletes and athletes know what bone broth is. They know the health benefits of bone broth and are probably drinking bone broth themselves. And a lot of them are pet parents. So it was a natural fit because our biggest challenge was the learning curve of people not even knowing what bone broth was or what the health benefits were, or why would I give that to my dog? Is this a soup for my dog? What is this? So the learning curve is kind of steep for us, but once people understand it, then like our repeat customer rate is extremely high, which is great. And there has been probably like 30 or 40 bone broths that have hit the market since we started. And people always wonder, why can't I just feed my dog human broth? It's cheaper. And the answer is, is because it's not made for pets and it has ingredients in it that aren't pet safe. So we had somebody who had, whose dog got really sick from feeding them human broth. And like, we had no idea our dog was like on like life support. And then we realized it was because we were feeding them basically a high sodium human broth that had onions in it that wasn't meant for, you know, canine consumption. So I've learned a lot in this business that I never thought I'd learn before. <laughs> we were talking about the ups and downs and the fact that you have to be persistent and accept that things don't always go well. Can you think of a story of a challenge you and your sister had early on that you surmounted and, you know, why do, being able to do that is such an important skill for a young entrepreneur? When we first started our first production run, we spent all the money on the packaging, the production run. Wegmans was getting the shipment and we had a regulatory compliance issue and because you're dealing with government offices sometimes they are not timely so we had some of our states say yeah this label is fine but then the state of new york came back to us after everything was already done and said well you say with glucosamine on your package and you have to say with added glucosamine so if you don't have that you can't use that package and we're like oh my god it takes months to ship the packaging in. It was eco-friendly packaging from Sweden and it was costly. And we're like, what are we going to do? And long story short, we ended up making little stickers and stickering over that call out. And it, it was just to highlight one of the, you know, Project Canine Hero charity that we support. And, you know, that was then solved with a lot less money and a lot less time and we can get the order out. But many people probably would have been like, well, forget it. I'm done. I can't afford to redo this. I don't have the time to redo it. So trying to come up with solutions is part of our everyday jobs. It happens all the time. And that just, the sticker idea just came to you like, wow, there's got to be a solution other than having to reprint all of these boxes. And then were you guys up all night sticking stickers onto all these containers or someone was anyway? Yes. <laughs> but you have to be willing to do like whatever it takes to get it exactly. done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> When you started the company, I'd love to know like what kinds of advice you got from people and whether there's a piece of advice that you really felt was good and that you are glad that you took and maybe any other advice that you're glad that you ignored. Well, my dad always said if owning your own business was easy, everyone would do it. So that was definitely something to keep in mind that it's not going to be easy. I think one of the good pieces of advice people gave to us were surround yourself with good people. You can't do it all by yourself and you can't micromanage either. So just like find good people, find good partners. And for us, that's kind of a core value for us is that we kind of have like a no jerk policy. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm too old to like deal with people like that. We're trying to do good things. And I'm spending so many hours of my week on this business that I want to have fun and work with people I like. So that's 
I think really important in who you are as a team really, really makes a difference when you're dealing with buyers, when you're dealing with customers. I answer every single customer email myself. And so many people are like, oh my God, you're a real person. Thank you for getting back to me. Just basic stuff that a lot of people I think take for granted is just like timely response, do your homework, just basic things that a lot of even the bigger corporations are like, wow, you guys are few and far between. I just got an email from CVS this morning. We just launched in CVS and thousands of stores. And we have our convenience product there, which is like a hydration stick, like kind of like a liquid IV for dogs. They're like, wow, you guys have really been engaged much more than anyone else in this sector. And I think that goes a long way. As far as advice that people gave that we didn't take, I don't know if there's advice that people gave us that we didn't take, but I think one of the the misconceptions, people think, oh, if you own your own business, you must be a millionaire. <laughs> so people are always like trying to get us to like, be like, oh, well, you should donate a million dollars to this foundation. <laughs> so that's a misconception that I think a lot of people have that we're, we'll hopefully, maybe eventually we'll get there. <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think that's true. So when you think about how you operate your day-to-day life and your schedule, can you talk a bit about like what your habits are, what some of the tools are that have been helpful to you, and just what any kind of organizational systems that you have that help you with all the things that you have to balance any day? Yeah, you know, it's funny that you ask that because we're in a hyper growth mode right now. And it used to just be my sister and I, and we would talk every day and there were things that we would do when the company was smaller. But now we've doubled our team size this year. We will be in over 10,000 stores by the end of this year. So there's a lot more management and we're all virtual. So that has become more unwieldy. So that's where we rely on like Google Spaces for different topics so that people's emails don't get bogged down because I, I probably get, I don't know, five to 600 emails a day. So that keeps us organized when we're talking about our PetSmart launch. Everything with PetSmart launch is in one space. If we're talking about a new product launch, we're doing something with the veterinarian community doing sampling programs. So we have organized that way. We also just have weekly Zooms with the team. Today, before this, I had a a marketing team Zoom. We have interns this summer. We have the interns coming on everything that, you know, they're interested in. One's interested in digital marketing. One's interested in manufacturing. So we pull them into the meetings and want them to be involved. We do a lot of mentoring. And then personally, my favorite hack is Instacart because it saves me hours, especially going to Costco or whatever. So I love Instacart. Yeah, I'm sure I can imagine with because you have a family and you have a huge business and you're growing like crazy. Would you have ever expected, like, say, when you launched in 2018, that you would be this big by now? Like, was that ever in your mind that, wow, we could be in all these major retailers and have 10,000 stores? Yes. I, I think you have to believe in yourself. Like, that's the thing. If, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. And when we started, I think it was more, not when we started, because I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. It's such a niche product. But then once we were going through the beta test and we saw how people responded to the product, how buyers responded, how our sell through was going, we really were like, we want to be everywhere. We want to be a household name. And we still have a lot of work to do. It's definitely stressful at times. And there's times where we're like, oh my God, or, you know, when something goes wrong, like this puppy popsicle 
product, it's been two years of testing and failing and testing and failing because we want our product to be high quality, all natural. And it is really, really hard scientifically to do an all natural product. We had a, a launch schedule for June 1st and we had a production problem with our pack, like our seals on our packaging were not sealing properly. So we're probably gonna have to redo this whole thing. And we've lost a lot of marketing dollars because we missed different publication dates and influencer events and you name it. But we're like, we are almost there. We know now what the problem is, but it took, it's been two years of testing. We've also had people who've then since launched knockoff products, but they're not all natural. So they might be getting shelf space where we're not now, but we didn't want to put out a product that we wouldn't feed our own dogs and that we couldn't stand behind. And the fact that people know your name already from the broth potentially you know, would have a big benefit when you start something new like the puppy popsicle. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, we have a loyal fan base, which is great, but we still feel like We've only maybe tapped into five to 10% of the total addressable market. And we have a long way to go because a lot of people just don't know who we are or they don't even know what bone broth for dogs is. Mm -hmm. Right. So a lot of education in your marketing campaign yeah. for sure. Yeah. And we do all that through sampling. We do like guerrilla marketing street teams. We go to doggy daycares. We go to dog walkers, you know, all those kinds of things just so that people can try the product. Because once they try it and understand it, they'll buy it. That's amazing. And you're doing that all over the country in various different places? Yeah, we actually launched this brand ambassador network last year, and we've grown to 25 markets so far. So we have these street teams in 25 markets where people go host yappy hours. And we, like I said, the daycare, the dog walkers, it could be, it really ranges going into offices that are dog friendly and giving them samples, vet samples, like it kind of runs the gamut. But again, it's a strategy to just get our product in the hands of a consumer, like uh, shelter adoption packs. We do little samples with coupons to a local retailer because we need to push people into our local retailers. We just try to be as creative as possible. That's great. That sounds like a strategy all over the place. And I think there's the market for people who our dog people are is just huge. I mean, there's just seems like there's people are really willing to like maybe 50 years ago, weren't so willing to like buy different things for their dogs. Now today, there's just a strong commitment to like doing whatever it takes to make your dog happy and healthy. People spend more on their dog's food than their kid's food, statistically speaking. Do they really? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's funny. It is quite the market. And then there's well, you know, you think about, about just how things have shifted where people are having children later and they have a dog first or empty nesters or kids are gone and then they get a dog. And even COVID with everybody who adopted dogs, dog ownership is increasing. I think the dog is like the first baby for people before they decide mm -hmm. to have a human baby. They see how they do. Yeah. Or people who can't have a human baby have a right. fur baby. Right. So. Exactly. So a couple more things I wondered was if you have a business person that you kind of admire that you would um, want to pass along, is there anyone whose career you've really watched and, and thought they've done some really great things? Sarah Blakely, Spanx, and Denise Woodward from Partake Cookies are two. Okay, awesome. I've heard Sarah Blakely's name mentioned before. Yeah, because she created a new category, you know, which is what we're doing, so... And what about the other um, woman that you mentioned? What about her business, really? 
I know Denise through the Tory Birch Foundation. I'm part of their fellowship program. And I view her somewhat as a peer, but I kind of am a stalker because I watch her. She's like two years ahead of us in the life cycle of her company. And she makes allergen-free cookies and snacks. So she's done a great job in terms of product innovation. And she just has, like, because she goes into the mass retail, that's why I watch her company, because I think we're trying to just kind of track along because she has a similar vision as to what she wants her company to be as we do. So she works really hard and she's done a great job and she has similar values in terms of what she wants her company to be. And on that same vein, are there any books that you would recommend or that you have read that you felt were really helpful for your career or even not your career, but just yourself in general? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, well, you know what I'm going to say? And this is a total hotel book that we had to read. It was The One Minute Manager. And it was about being efficient. So that one always comes to mind because I feel like I'm juggling so many things right now. So I'll say that. I plug Ken Blanchard on this podcast. That's good. That's right. Exactly. We plug Cornell alums whenever possible. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> and is there one thing that some people would be surprised to find out about you. Do you have some kind of an interesting hobby or thing about you that is would someone would be surprised to know? I think I'll say something. This is somewhat business related and somewhat personal related. But people that know my sister and I were really surprised that we both had double mastectomies the first year we launched this business because most people didn't know we went through all of that. So that was something that was like a fact that people just didn't know. And I think a lot of people who did know that we were dealing with all that were like, wow, how did you guys like still keep going given that your personal life was like a shambles? <laughs> I think for us, we were like, well, Brutus Broth was like the highlight. So we needed something to keep our minds off of all the other stuff that was going on with us. And I mentioned my dad had gotten sick and then we found out that we both had the BRCA genes. It was kind of a crazy time for all of us, but we just, Brutus Broth was like the happy part. So you didn't at any point think, well, maybe we should just focus on our health and like put this off for a while. You just wanted to go ahead and move forward with it at the same time. Yeah, because it was keeping our mind off of like all the doctors that we had to see. Wow. Congratulations to you. That's amazing at the same time. Brutus Broth has been a fun part of our lives and we've helped a lot of dogs. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you definitely want to make sure that people know about? I think the one thing I would, I guess, close on is the importance of mentoring for us. That's been really important. It's, I, you know, I'm always reading the eShip newsletters and we're always trying to get young people to come and experience the company because I think that's the only way you learn is by actually being part of it. And we have a kids committee as well for kids starting at six years old and up because we want kids to learn about philanthropy and what that means. It's not just showing up for one day and doing something. It's something that happens over time. We try to carry that through all the way, you know, through college students who are looking for interns. So always happy to bring people into the company and have an area of the business because there's so many areas of this business that they want to learn about. We'd be happy to open that up. And then I love also just connecting with fellow entrepreneurs and sharing best practices because sometimes it can be really lonely when you're trying to figure something out and it helps if someone else has experience dealing with a Walmart or 
Target or, you know, some of those big retailers that are really hard to deal with. Did you have a mentor when you were starting out? My brother helped me a lot with certain retailers because he was in the dairy business. His brand was Green Mountain Creamery Yogurt. He helped us navigate quite a bit on the grocery side because we didn't know any of it. And he'd be like, deal with these people, not with those people. So Wegmans was his recommendation. He's like, if you're looking for a great partner to start off with, Wegmans is a fantastic company and they have great values. And they have been, they've been great. So that was great advice. So he's helped kind of navigate some of that. And what do you, should you focus on or not bother with? Because sometimes you think you're supposed to be doing all these things when you probably shouldn't. And a lot of retailers will tell you, you have to spend all this money on this, this, and this. When in reality, they just want to sell you more marketing things and you don't need it. And a lot of young entrepreneurs don't know that. Now they think they have to do it and then they have no money left to do things that maybe matter more. Right. So there's lots of room for negotiation, but you might not know that that's true. Yeah. Negotiate everything. Do your research and negotiate everything. I mean, there's retailer programs that the sticker price is $50,000 that we've been able to participate in for $2,500. So negotiate everything. Right. 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 That is great advice. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us how people can find out more about Brutus Broth or where they can find it. So we have a website, BrutusBroth.com, but we also sell on Chewy, Amazon. We're in most major retailers as well as gourmet shops around the country. So Target, Petco, we're launching in PetSmart. We have our, I mentioned CVS, our little hydration packs and your local supermarket. Thanks so much for joining us, Kim. It's been great to have you. Thanks for having me. To find out more about entrepreneurship at Cornell and see the show notes from this episode, visit eship.cornell.edu. And special thanks go to Abigail Younger, my editor extraordinaire, and to Bert Odom-Reed of the Cornell Broadcast Studio.